Hello and welcome to Awakening Soul Circle. And we are your hosts, Cheryl and Dagmar. Join us while we talk about everyday themes from a spiritual point of view. So Cheryl, what is your experience from animals? What is the most important thing or the most outstanding thing that an animal has said to you that um, taught you something about yourself? Taught me patience. Told me, I remember asking with um, animal communication, um, asking them how I could improve myself, how I could improve my connection with animals. And straight up came patience and trusting, trusting myself and loving myself. You know, it's really funny that you say that because <laughs> when I connect with my animals and it's, you know, what do you want me to know? It's always patience, always. Mm. And they yeah. make me laugh and I say, like, patience for what? You know, why, what do you mean patience? And it's always patience. And it's dri- it drives me insane because... You know, are you expecting something, um, you know, that they, they give you tips and tricks, but in the end it's also about finding ourselves. And they, it, their answers are not always clear, but they always make sense. Even if they don't make sense straight away, they make sense later on. Yeah, it, the simplicity of life with animals, um, especially the domestic animals that we have, you know, around us, they just see things from a much quieter, calmer perspective. We've got yeah. all these things going on around us, you know, everyday life, and we get so caught up with trying to keep a roof over our head and food on the table and, you know, kids and one thing and another. Um, and we forget about the simple things. And I, that's where I think animals bring us back to that. Um, and and connecting, being together, and just enjoying each other's company. And yes. without, you know, the TV, TV in the background, and um, scrolling through the phone. It's really just about being together, connecting. Um, but what I also find, what I have taught me a lot, is also about, um, you know, when you look at self-medicating. You know, animals are amazing. Mm. What they know, what they need. Oh yes. And they can tell you. They can tell you exactly what they need. And what's with us, you know, if, if I'm unwell, I have to go to the doctor and I have to say to the doctor, you know, tell me what's wrong. Mm. We have lost the ability and I know that we have it in us. If we would take the time and connect with ourselves, we would be able to find out what's going on, what we need to feel better. But we always push ourselves to the limits and um, we just don't want to take that time. We don't trust ourselves, you know, mm. we're back, back with trust. Because yeah. animals know what's wrong with them and we would too. Do you agree on that? Oh, definitely. It's like what you were saying about how we can treat ourselves. Obviously, we don't have the answers for the, you know, the big things. But there are times when you get, I'm just thinking from my own perspective, when you'll, you'll be just feeling a bit off and you'll get this urge to actually maybe eat an orange out of the, out of the blue. And yeah. That's your body saying to you, I need vitamin C. I need that yeah. to boost my immune system. And, you know, apples, um, or all sorts of all sorts of things or whatever with me because I don't eat meat anymore, I get a craving for spinach. Um, so, you know, that's iron. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's trusting 
that side of it as well. I mean, and and carnivals, you know, they obviously get a craving for, for meat and things mm. like that. But um but but whereas... I certainly I certainly agree, you know, that um animals know what they need, we would know it too. Mm. And that intuition, mm. I think um, you know, a lot of people find who have learned how to communicate with animals, all of a sudden you're open for everything and you're open to listen to your intuition and your inner voice because some something is trying to tell you you know certain things and if you can actually take that time and listen to it you're so much better off aren't you yeah oh with completely yeah I was just thinking about something Greg my husband had said about how he he works with dogs as you know he works with dogs five days a week and um he says it's it's not it's not the dogs that need training and learning of things it's uh um it's the humans it's just yeah. the humans need to just sit sit back and just take take notice and try and push all of that chaos that we surround ourselves yeah. with and as you said with our domesticated animals it's always if there's a problem it's man created you know it's mm. because they can't run around or they can't access certain foods or whatever it is, but it is because of an, an unnatural environment that we have created for our animals. So if we can actually slow mm. down and listen to them and see what they need, we can always solve the problem by, go, by going, okay, um, why are they doing that? What do they need? And then we can fix the problem because they're just trying to tell us something mm. and, and we should really learn from them. I was just thinking about how they pick up on the energy of what's going on in a household. For instance, you know they Absolutely. when they're they're anxious, they pick up on the anxiety of what's going on, um, and we wonder why. You know, why is this dog so timid or fractious? Or in many cases, you look around, what's happening in that environment of the of the dog or cat or whatever, and you see what's going on, and you understand. It's the same with children mm. picking up on energy. <laughs> But we don't um, question it, you know. We always no. say, oh, what's wrong with this dog? Or what's wrong with my child? You know, when really we need to look at ourselves and say, you know, where's that coming from? Because it's always yeah. coming from within. It's coming from us. And they just, mm. they're just reacting to the situation. Yeah, correct. So I, I think animals are just great teachers in that way, that they teach us to slow down and to listen. But I also find it interesting when, when I do readings, you know, what they tell me about their owners, and um, what they see for, for I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, I just recently <laughs> had this um, horse say to me that um, it was a girl, um, and she wanted that her owner eats healthily. And oh. I, I thought, I think I told you that story, and I was like, mm, I think she actually does. But then um, she said, no, um, when she's stressed, she doesn't. And oh. I told the owner, and she laughed, and that made perfectly sense. You know, so animals they never. I always find they don't say negative things in a way that they don't criticize you. Mm. You know, no, they it's don't unconditional love. Stuff. So yeah, absolutely. Every, everything's from a love perspective. That's that's the lesson. That's the big yeah. lesson that we have to learn from them. I mean, even you, you just look at wild animals. You just look at gorillas in the in the jungle and everything, and how that they look after their their families and and the surrounding in, environments. They're not out there looking to, you know, take over areas of that doesn't belong to them. They're just quite happy to stay in their in their trees and their small little environments and look after their families and their extended families. 
it's just a simple life. Wild animals yeah. are no different. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I've, um, as you said before, I've had, um, my animals always talk about patience, but then still I need to listen to that and take that on board as well. Don't you we know, all? Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, yeah, well, they tell us things and it's hard to actually then react on it, mm. even though uh, we do know. I, during, during one of your courses when that came up, that was a bit of like, what? <laughs> bit, of, bit, of, bit of a shock. But then I sat back and thought, oh, okay. Yeah, I suppose so. I, and I, I tried. I tried and it actually did help with my connection with the future yeah. animals and birds that I connected with. So, mm. You know, it was interesting. This morning I woke up and I didn't sleep really, really well. As in I wake up quite a few times and I just didn't get that, that relaxing sleep that I wanted. And, and I thought, oh, you know, didn't sleep well. And then I looked at my dog and I thought, you know, she's always happy. She doesn't care if she slept well or not, you know, mm. it's okay. And I was like, okay, let's not worry about not sleeping well, you know, just learn from her to just live in the moment and who cares what was in the past. Oh. Now is a new day. And I was like, oh, you know what? It really doesn't matter if I had a bad sleep. No, I don't you'll need ca- to look back on it and dwell on it. You'll catch it up. We, we catch it up. Yeah, that's the thing. We, we focus on these silly little things that, I mean, yes, if you don't get, if it's regular, you don't get a lot of sleep. Yeah, that's 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 a worry, but that's something else. But there's obviously underlying things that are going on in the background yeah. there for you to be that wound up that you aren't sleeping well. There's yeah. always underlying things. As I've found when I, my, when I was working, there was always other yeah. reasons why people needed to come and see us in the pharmacy. Yeah. Um, so... But, but even yeah. also looking as, as animals, as our teachers, you know, I mean, how amazing are they that you can have a dog that will tell you when your blood sugar level drops? Or, how oh, can, you know, yes. how can a, I mean, does that go into the physical side or you're connect, they're connecting telepathically with you? But even knowing um, with people with epilepsy, for example, that they mm. know when they have a stroke, I mean, that is another stroke, sorry, like before they have a fit. I mean, that's absolutely amazing. Oh, that, that's just amazing. That's they are so clever. They're so underrated. Um, well, fortunately, they're, they're starting to realise that there's so many uses and uses of, you know, the, the dogs. In a lot of cases, it's dogs. Um, yeah. That's that sense, that high sense of smell. Um, I think that's what, isn't it? Isn't that what they use, that the dogs use with um, the, um, the blood Look, sugar? I, I don't know. They, mm. they, they are so connected to the energy, you know. I think they just pick up the energy, you know. Mm. We, we always like to find answers in the physical side of it, but I think it goes a lot deeper than that. They feel our energy. They just feel everything. And even with horses, you know, often um, you see people kicking their horses to try to make them go and we put spurs on and everything. Oh, but then cool. you realise that a fly that lands on, a, they can feel a fly that lands on their mm. back. So, you know, you compare that to the pressure that we put on them. So they are highly sensitive animals. And um, I teach a bit of riding as well. And But it's all about going backwards, not going forward, as in um, not harder and more and more. It's about taking it off and, and getting the horses sensitive to just listen to you. And, you know, for example, if a horse you wanted to get going, you just close your eyes and just, you know, breathe in, breathe out and ask them to go. But it's all about being more sensitive and not being harsher. And if you're more sensitive, they are more sensitive. So it's going in the same thing again. You know, if we yeah. step back, 
we let them step up. But we always want to more and more and more and over top of them and they can't hear us anymore. So we need to step back and become more sensitive and empathetic to them as well. And then um, they change. Yeah, we, we figure we need to dominate. The human race figures it needs to dominate yeah. to actually get their point of view across or, you know, which is yeah. really, which is really but sad. It, that has, yeah, but that has really taught me a lot with the animal communication, you know, that we always feel, as you said, in the old days, it was, you know, I'm the boss and my animal has to do what I want them to do. But if you actually have an equal relationship, you don't have that problem anymore because you do things for them. So they do things for you and you just have a much better connection. Mm. And again, you know, you step back and stop putting pressure on, you allow them that space to come forward yeah. and to be sensitive, you know, because I want my animals to be sensitive. You know, I want mm. my animals to tell me when there is a problem. So mm. I think that's really a great lesson for me as well is, you know, not to be harsher and louder and stronger, but to be more sensitive and listen to them. And and because p- people think, oh, but if I do that, then they have a go at me or, you know, they take over. But it's totally not true. So it's really about um, giving yeah. them that opportunity to speak up. It's all that energy that you you emit, you know, those feelings that you put you put out there. They, they sense it, like what you were just saying about the sensitivity. But even with animals and energies, you know, how sometimes animals, they like someone or they don't like someone. Mm. Yeah. And again, you know, if you're in a hurry and you have bad energy about you, you can go into a yard and the dog doesn't like you because the dog doesn't like your energy. It's not that this dog doesn't like you as a person. It's just that this dog doesn't like the energy that you mm. have at the moment. Oh, definitely. Um, we see that, especially Greg does, because he goes out and sees a lot more dogs than what I do. Yeah. He was just telling me of an instance before that there's this dog that he goes to see that um, sometimes family, friends feed this dog and this dog is um, must have been traumatised by somebody in, within the family once before and they were always worried about somebody else coming into the dog's yard um, to go and clean up the yard and because uh, we always give them a little treat as well as long as the owners don't mind. And this dog's never had a problem, never had a problem yeah. with Greg. Because Greg's got the good in, a good intention. Exactly. And um, one day he was there and the family friends were there as well and they had they just fed they just fed the dog and they said, oh, you know, don't just be a bit careful. We've just fed the dog. And he's going, oh, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. And uh, anyway, so they said, oh, well, we're just going to stay here. And Greg's just gone in and just said, you know, hi, how you going? How you going, mate? And um, the dogs just sort of looked up and kept eating, didn't, didn't worry at all when the and the, the family friend was just, like, shocked and Greg's just gone about his business and done what he had to do. And then when he was leaving, puts his tools down and the dog had finished eating and was really happy to see him and, you know, rubs behind the ear. And, and in that case, it was the highlight of the day was for this poor dog was to get its dinner because yeah, yeah. it... The, the family didn't know how to react with this dog. And it, yeah. we, we suspect that something had happened. Yeah. And but, but because the they energy... are scared, because they are scared, they're probably over the top and they want to dominate the dog and, you know, mm. go away, go back, go back. And mm. then the dog thinks, you know, hang on, why, why are they aggressive with me? So then the dog will also 
show aggressive behavior where Greg goes up to the dog. He's just gentle and sensitive and listens to the dog and just wants to be friends with the dog. And that's why Mm. you see a different behavior. So again, it's not the animal that needs to be changed because it's still the same animal. It's the person that needs to change. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You just got to let them do what, you know, let them, let them feel your energy, feel, feel you. Yeah. And, and um, respect that, respect them, respect that they've got feelings Yeah. Um, and they're confused. So, yeah, yeah. that's a, this dog in particular really loves him. Well, they all yeah. they all love him. <laughs> they all love him. Plus, he gives. I them bet to they him. do. But but see, that's beautiful because he actually he went like, I want to find out what I can do to help the animals. So he mm. went on to do an animal communication course so yeah. he can connect with animals and have a better relationship. You know, a lot of people mm. go, oh, I don't care. I'm the boss, and I just do what I want to do. Mm. And um, then we don't have that special relationship with them. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly benefited him. Certainly benefited yeah. him. And now he's reading all these other books. <laughs> My yeah. life is yeah, all about dogs. End, <laughs> yeah. But in the end, you know, you have your physical experience. So, you know, yes, we are, we are on a spiritual level, but we also always have to remember we are here on this planet for this physical experience. So, you know, we never get around dealing with, physical issues as well yeah, yeah. we're, we're tactile yeah which is also you know like dog training and things like that but obviously if you have the background and you understand how they feel then you can certainly um implement that in your work have a what, have, what have you found in the past that has really helped you from what they've something that they've taught you well a very interesting one that's probably that's more from coming from horses but it makes sense with any kind of animal that's about um that horses say to me you know to tell the owner to listen to their intuition you know if they're not comfortable of doing something then they shouldn't be doing it Mm -hmm. so for example if you if you're happy to just get on your horse ride it at a walk that's fine but then people will come up oh you should be trotting you should be cantering you should be this you should be that and then they push themselves past what they feel is right so that's your intuition again, your trust, your gut yes. feeling. Yeah. And their animals often say to me, or horses often say to me, you know, she needs to listen to herself and not to what other people around her say. Mm. And I think that's really important and it's really an important lesson because we all have that in situations. It can be with a dog. You're walking your dog and there's other dogs coming and you're not comfortable. Then go somewhere else. You know, you don't mm. need to face that situation. But we often get told, oh, we need to push this. We need to do that. We need to, you know, you need to um, go past your fear. But the thing is, animals are amazing at picking up fear. So if you're scared of something, you cannot hide it from them. Mm-hmm. Even if you put on a brave face, your <laughs> animals know because they read your thoughts. They just know what's going on. Right, right to sharks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Smell fear. Yeah, that's absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. But that's the thing, you know. So if you if you um, pretend to be brave and you're not, I always say to them, I say, you know, you need to do what's right for you and you don't need to let yourself push by someone because you're in that situation with your animal for that experience. And who cares what other people say? You know, if you're not ready to go faster, if you're not ready to let your dog off the lead, then don't mm-hmm. because that's your intuition that you have. And if you keep doing what you're doing, one day you will be ready. And when you're ready your animal knows you're ready too because they're feeling that from you. So it really has taught me 
that they teach us to listen to our intuition. That was really an important yeah. lesson. And that's what I always say to them as well. I said, you know, who cares what another person says? They don't live in your body. They don't have your experience. You are that's... the only one that feels that fear, you know, and, and you need to deal with that and no one else can help you with that. And you need to take your time. And when you're ready, you're ready. Mm, that's so very true. Yeah. It's, it's just... Uh... Allowing ourselves to actually listen, listen to ourselves. Yeah. Uh, and always goes back to trust. Yes. <laughs> always, and always does. I, I, I just tell you a quick funny story. I was um, I used to ride my horses on this property where we would have to go ride through a tunnel. And I would always ride one bareback and lead one just with a rope and halter on. And every time I got to that tunnel, it was actually quite scary because they thought something was there. There was a monster jumping out at them. I would always ride to that tunnel. Once I got to the tunnel, I would just get off and walk through. And a lot of people are of that opinion. If you get off your horse, the horse wins. But the thing is, especially, yeah, a, a lot of people say that to me. But the thing is, if you're on the horse, you're not a leader because you're not in front of the horse. You're only a leader if you lead them, if you're in front of them. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you're walking behind a horse, you're not a leader because no. they can't rely on you. They have to trust themselves. Yes, yes, I, I understand. So I would always just get off, lead them through the tunnel. And I did that for probably three, four weeks. And then one day I just knew I didn't have to get off. And I just stayed on them. I rode through and I had no problems at all. And they trusted me because they knew that mom showed us it is safe. So it is safe. And I just waited until. I knew. And this just this internal knowing, just this mm. feeling it's okay. And that's when I decided I will stay on the horse. And you know what? I've always been safe with my horses. Yeah. You know, I mean, occasionally you fall off, but generally I don't because I I listen to my intu- intuition. I judge the situation. And that's how we prevent accidents as well, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. we listen to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a beautiful story, actually. Yeah. That's really lovely. And, you know, I had another similar story with, with one of those horses as well that we used to go for a ride. And um, there were some cows, and she's never seen cows before, so she was freaking out. And oh, my wow. neighbor said, oh, I'll grab her by the reins and I'll lead you past. And she was going to drag me past those cows. And I said, no, it's okay, I'll get off. You can't get off, you know, because it's this, oh, but if you get off, the horse wins. But she was scared. So I got off, I let her past. Next time, no problem, because they trust me. They trust mm, me that mm, I'm mm. not gonna flog them or give them a hard time. Mm. Over it, you know, so that makes really as a lay person, that makes total sense what you've done, as opposed to forcing an animal to do something it doesn't want to. It just, I just don't get that. I just don't get why people would want to do that. Um, but that's what we've been taught in the old days. You're the mm. boss, and your animal has to do what you want them to do, no matter what. Mm. Oh, poor horse. And, you know, still now there's also often I find there's still training methods around that don't resonate with us. You know, they don't work for us. And, again, then it's important as well to listen to your intuition and say this is not right for my animal. Mm. You know, if you feel that you have a training session with your animal and your animal is really stressed or it doesn't resonate with you, then, you know, be strong enough to say that's not what I want to do. Mm. You know, my, my friend went to a training session with her young horse and they did a bit of training and that was all good. And then she was like, okay, my horse had enough. And the teacher said, no, no, we need to push this through and do this. And she mm. said, no, thank you. 
my horse had enough. She knows her horse. And she is the one that then has to live with the consequences, you know, of damaging yeah. our animals in any way, you know, with dogs not being able to stay at home alone. We are the ones that are going to live with those consequences and not mm. our trainers. So that's mm. why it's important to, to listen to our animals and what they need from us because mm. most of the time they do things because they need something. Yeah. You know, whether okay. it's our attention or there's a physical problem or whatever it is, but they need okay. something. Yeah, makes because complete you, sense. Your your daughter's dog. He he had a few issues, oh, issues yeah. too, doesn't he? Didn't he? Yes, yes, he does. Our, our Bosco boy. Um, yes, he always was anxious, but um, he had come from. They got him when he was about eighteen months old, and he had been traumatized as a, as a pup. He was with about four other dogs, and he was you know, bullied with the other dogs and, you know, as far, you know, yeah. working out his place in the pack and everything. And they really, they shouldn't have had him. And fortunately they gave him up and he, he came to, uh, came to our daughter. And, um, she had another dog and it was, they had to, she and the other dog, he and the other dog had to work out their place. But then afterwards he was just so, so much calmer. Yeah. Um, but there'd be situations and there'd be noises, be familiar, uh, familiarities from the past that would set him off um and um yeah things like lawn mowers and um grinding in the back you know out in the distance because they they have such an acute sense of hearing and the poor thing he would just curl up in a little ball and try and find a spot and he would hide behind the bar just to try and block it all out and the poor thing would just be trembling now he's nearly 15 and he's he's deaf yeah. so he feels it but he doesn't hear it as as yeah. quickly now yeah but um unfortunately they've they've ended up putting him on medication which is we're disappointed with it it has helped him but it hasn't it hasn't eradicated it no and you know what the problem is with medication from what animals tell me is that they still feel the same fear, but they can't react anymore because it's yes. all, it paralyzes the body. So they, you know, they freeze, but they still feel the same fear mm. within, you know, and that's yeah, what numb. yeah. Mm. But the thing is again, you know, um, if if we have animals, we need to we need to work with them and listen to them and then mm. we can solve issues, you know. Um, it's always hard when they've been traumatized from the past. And my dog is the same. She's had bad experience with teen with a teenage boy and she has an issue with teenagers, you know. Mm-hmm. So if I see teenagers coming, obviously then I need to react for the situation. I mean she doesn't really do anything. Um, but when she's on a lead, then she's not happy about them. Mm-hmm. And then I just need to manage that situation, but I can't punish her for it because you know she's she's been traumatized. So you can't yeah, blame exactly. her. Exactly. Exactly, they're not perfect, you know. They're, yeah, but they, we're not yeah. perfect either, are we? No, no, exactly, exactly you know? what I was just going to say. Yeah, and, you know, I, I sometimes I would like to say to people, you know, when they tell me, oh, I don't want my my chicken to poo over there or my dog to poo there, I'll do this, I'll do that. I'm thinking, well, get yourself a boyfriend because you know they just <laughs> use the toilet. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> You're funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it's true, you know, if we have an animal, they're different to us. They don't care where they shit, do they? No, exactly. But we want them to shit in one spot or shit in the toilet. But they're animals, they don't care. So if you have a problem with 
how animals are, then you shouldn't get an animal. You should, mm. as I said, get yourself a boyfriend. You can probably train them maybe easier than animals. I don't know. <laughs> or girlfriend. Or a girlfriend. Yes, of course. <laughs> so, uh, you know, um, we always expect our animals to change for us where I think, you know, um, why don't we need to change for our animals? It's a yeah. give and take. And if we can, if we can come down on their level, because they are no, no um, worse than we are, you know, we always, well, some people think that we are superior to them, but we're not. And if we come down on their level and we're on the same level and I'm not talking, I'm higher than them. I'm talking about on the eye level as well. You know, it's mm-hmm. a bit the same with children. You know, you want to be on eye level to talk to them. You don't want to look down and shout at them, you know. I mean, you don't want to shout at them anyway, but come down on the level of your animals so you're in eye contact with them or, you know, for example, your animals sitting on the couch and having that level relationship with your animals, you know, because they are equal. They have different purposes, different needs, different, um, you know, mainly different purpose in life, but it doesn't mean they're worth less. You know, what you've just said about coming down to their actual level, I mean, you can't do that with a horse, but actually to down to their physical level with you know, a cat or a dog or yeah. rabbit or whatever, to actually, this may sound rather simple, but to actually come down on a physical level to what they actually see is quite eye-opening yeah. if you actually just take the time to take yeah. notice of what's happening around you and looking at the differences of the heights of the human and the, the house and you know where your food bowl is yeah. and things things yeah. like that and and then thinking about it from our perspective it's a bit like oh okay I've really taken a lot of things for granted and it's it's really sad that yeah um, and, you know that it upsets me to see things from this perspective um yeah do they feel disconnected do they yeah. feel disappointed do they are they hurting oh yeah. that explains why they are like that yeah um and and as you said, if you see a little dog, you know, a coffee table for them is huge. Yeah. And if you if you realize how that feels and if you stand over a little dog and you say to the dog, don't do this. Imagine you've got an elephant standing next to you that <laughs> looks down on you. You'll be like, you know, it's actually quite frightening. So that's how it feels for animals. So if we come down on the level and obviously speak in a language that we don't frighten them, um, we get so much more back from them. Oh, yeah. I've. I've actually got with the um, the dogs that I go and see in the business, I've got this beautiful little Dutch hound and oh, she just melts my heart. <laughs> She's just beautiful. Her whole body waggles when, when she yeah. sees me coming. And so I come and I put my tools down and I come over to her and I actually get right down on the ground, kneel and sit on the ground. And she comes and gives me cuddles and licks and whatnot she knows that she's going to get some treats um but it's and then she just rolls lays on her back and wants a belly rub and everything but until I do that she's respectful of you know this giant yeah (laughs) and I'm not very tall and it's just a totally different connection with the animal when you get and you know I had amazing I had an amazing vet unfortunately she moved to Canada but my dog was really scared of everything when I got her because she had been abused and the first time I took her to the vet, she was growling. She was like, don't touch me. You know, I could touch her and do everything, but she was really scared of the vet. And she just sat on the ground and she spent probably 10 minutes with my dog feeding her treats on the ground until she could touch her. And that was so beautiful to see because that oh. was exactly what my dog needed. But vets often, 
don't have the time, don't make the time. Mm. And then animals are even more stressed because every time they go there, no one has time for them and just, you know, um, mm. pokes them and does different things to them. So that was just amazing and beautiful to watch. Like she would have spent seriously 10 minutes just sitting on the floor petting my that's, dog. Yeah, that's that's a really good, that's a really good connection. Yeah, yeah benefits, benefits her with her job as well, well as yeah. ben- benefiting um, your beautiful girl. Yeah, because it's about the animals, you know. Mm. And, you know, I had the same, I had an experience. I had to take my cat to the vet and I said, I want to stay with her. Oh, you can't stay with her, you know, this and that. And I was like, okay, see you later. You know, my cat needs me. My cat is really frightened of other people. And if they can't provide that, I'm going to go and find another vet. I don't care. Mm. I'm not going to put that pressure on my cat. Mm. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I think um, we've pretty much reached the end for today. So, um, yes, please, if you do have animals at home, you know, just listen to them and always ask yourself, what do they need? You know, what can you give them to make life better for them? Because I can promise you, you'll have a better relationship with them. Wonderful words. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today and we'll catch you next time. Bye. See you later. Go to our Facebook page, Awakening Soul Circle, and like us so you won't miss the next episode. Feel free to share the podcast with your friends and family as well because they might get some value out of it too. Stay tuned and we'll catch you soon.